Hello and welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. My name's Tom Rubeck and I'm here with Inigo Barker. Today we're going to be talking about digital advertising, the size of that market and the opportunity for operators. Now, as a topic, Inigo, I think it's fair enough to say it's, it's maybe not been flavour of the month for operators. So in the last year or so, we've seen quite a few sell-off uh, advertising divisions. So AT&T, Verizon and more recently Singtel have all sold off advertising assets. And more recently, there's also been a set of weak results from some of the big advertising companies like Meta and Google and so on. But I think, Inigo, you're a bit more optimistic about this as an opportunity and what it means for operators. But before we go into that, maybe you could just talk about what you mean by digital advertising and just um, give us a bit of uh, market background. Sure. Thanks, Tom. So advertising is pretty self-explanatory. A brand pays for its products and services to be promoted. Now, digital advertising, it's advertising that's delivered over the internet, typically to consumer devices such as smartphones, connected TVs or tablets. Um, And we also include digital billboards as an example of a digital advertising format. Now, there are various players within the digital advertising value chain that take a cut from brand spend in order for ads to make it from idea conception to ad placing in the space where they're intended. As for the market size, um, so spend on digital advertising is around 500 billion US dollars as of 2022. And we see it growing at around 5% a year. So by 2027, we forecast that it'll be around 640 billion US dollars in value. And the main drivers here for growth are the superior returns on ad spend associated with digital advertising. It's a more efficient, more cost efficient solution for advertising for brands than traditional advertising formats. Another driver is increasing consumer take-up of digital devices. So these devices are the ultimate endpoints. They're the spaces where ads, digital ads are actually placed. Now the market is also is quite concentrated. Um, so most studies put market share of, of Google, of Meta and, and Amazon at around 60-70%. So fairly concentrated but there are there's plenty of room to to compete lots of niches to compete in and lots of players competing for for share so so maybe just following on from that then what's the rationale for operators to get involved in in digital advertising and and how big do you think the opportunity is for for telecoms operators sure so traditionally speaking for operators the rationale is that operators have scale they've got lots of customer data and that customer data can be used for advertising purposes so to be clear, the, the data, um, user data is used for, for targeting. So that's identifying the right audiences to target with advertisements. Um, also attribution, which means using data to measure the effectiveness of ad campaigns. Um, so yeah, so the first point is that the operators have scale. Second point is they're generally quite well-recognized brands. So they can probably do well at selling ad services or ad platform services to businesses. Um, in their countries of operation. The third point is that um, some operators have a foothold in media and advertising has very much been seen as the uh, the back end to media, to media business. So those are, those are the traditional arguments, but things are changing and they're changing because of changes to the market structure. And this is working in, the favor, in favor of operators. So advertising is becoming more attractive to operators because first party data, which is data that's collected directly by an organization, on its customers is growing in value. And and this is as a consequence of the actions of Apple and Google, 
which make it harder for entities to access third-party data, so data that's not directly owned by them. We forecast the operator share of global ad spend is looking to grow, and we see, so currently, digital ad revenue is around 19 billion US dollars globally, and we see that increasing to just under 40 billion by 2027. So this, um, to put that in perspective, currently, um, operator revenue from digital advertising is about 2% of mobile service revenue globally. And we see it moving to about 4%. Relatively strong growth, relatively small, but but, but still pretty small compared to the overall business. Um, and it's worth recapping. So the, the, the reasons why it's attractive for, for operators, so, so partly it's because they've got inventory. So if they've got pay TV businesses or whatever, that's that gives them inventory. The other argument I think that you had was that they are quite already quite big brands. So they're already quite well placed to uh, to play a role in the advertising market in their country because they're already quite big, big companies, big, big players. Um, and the third reason was just about the changes that Apple and Google have made, which makes it harder for other parties to collect data. But telecoms operators already collect data on customers. So they, they have that that they can use in a anonymized, aggregated form. Yeah. Um, so, so how does that opportunity then vary across different markets and different types of market? Sure. Um, so we see it varying quite a bit. Um, and the reason, the main reasons why it varies is because um, there are different levels of market growth advertising uh, across different regions. Um, so in lower income regions, digital advertising has much higher growth of prospects because it's, it's just simply a much um, less mature business. And another reason why it would vary is the varying market power of the big digital advertising players like Google and Meta. So we generally expect to see that in higher income markets uh, like Western Europe and North America, operators, they've, they've had bad past experience. They tend to have had bad past experience with advertising and they're going to be generally quite cautious going forward. So the kind of approach we expect mm. to see from them is um, a collaborative approach. So operators working with each other, maybe with other players in the advertising value chain to uh, launch services for for brands or publishers um, that combine all their assets in one. And we also expect them to be competing in parts of the value chain where Google and Meta and the big players are less focused. Yeah. Um, so, so, so maybe give an, an example of that, because I think you're saying that they are being more, we expect operators in high income countries to be maybe more cautious, it's maybe more collaborative approach, but they are still um, they're still active in this market. So maybe just talk about what's happening in the cable operators in the US. Of course, yeah. So the US um, advertising market um, is um, it's where the telcos are most present historically. And going forward, I think that's going to continue to be the case. So a large part of telco digital advertising revenue in North America comes from cable companies that have ad space on cable TV and they're monetizing that ad space. But then besides that, we see examples of cable co's launching ad tech um, platforms and solutions in order to monetize their user bases. And a, a, a recent interesting example is um, an example of a service called Blockgraph, and this is this is a JV between Comcast and Charter, and also Paramount. And this this is the kind of collaborative approach that I've been referring to. So what's going on here um, is these players have linked together and. They run a service for brands. It's the service is categorized as a data clean room, which effectively means it's a service um, for first party data owners to clean their data, clean their first party data by coming to the platform and comparing and matching their data with 
the data belonging to the JVs, but in a totally privacy compliant way. And then they can come, having cleaned that data, they can come away and use that data for internal purposes, so to optimize the services or to input that data into their um, internal advertising platforms, or also just to, I mean, they could go to a Google or a Meta with that mm. data and input it directly into the the end-to-end platform that those providers um, offer. Okay. So you talked a bit about high-income markets. You want to also talk about what you see in uh, middle-income markets as well and the opportunity there. Sure. So, so we see quite a different opportunity in yeah, middle-income, low-income markets. And the reason why there are different opportunities, it's because Google and Meta have much less dominant positions in advertising and also there's higher market growth. And in some of these markets, we see operators being particularly bullish about the advertising opportunity. So this is where we see them building full end-to-end platforms for local brands to place ads. Um, Many of the players that are doing this um, have already been uh, well-established players in the digital economy. So effectively, they're just increasing their involvement whilst also drawing on some of their existing digital economy assets. So to give you an example, in India, you've got um, Airtel, which uh, has an advertising business called Airtel Ads. And this is an end-to-end platform for brands to run advertising campaigns. And the the Indian market is exceptionally big. And a service like this gives brands access to the full customer base of Airtel, which is 320 million customers. And it integrates with proprietary ad formats of Airtel. So things like Airtel's streaming service, its video streaming service, its music streaming service, its customer service app, its loyalty scheme app, also um, third-party services and um, third-party publications. Because in, in a situation like this, Airtel, you know, it's, it's a big operator. It's a well-recognized operator that has lots of local knowledge. And so it's in, in quite a good position to attract local publishers onto the platform. Okay. And do we have any sense from either the JV from the cable operators in the US or or from what Airtel's doing, how big these businesses are or what they're targeting in terms of revenue? Or is that not public? Um, It's it's not really public. I mean, they're still quite small businesses. Uh, Blockgraph, for example, started in 2020. um, Right. And revenue, revenue growth is very high. It's sort of, I think it doubles or triples its revenue every year. It's mm. got about thirty employees. It's, it's okay, so it's still still pretty pretty early stage. Um, yeah. w- what about Europe? Anything happening in, in in Europe worth mentioning? Yeah, so in Europe, um, we also see a similar. We, we don't see very many examples of operator um, involvement in advertising, but I think that's going to change in time. In Belgium, we've got a similar story as in as with Blockgraph. So uh, the operators Proximus, uh, Telenet. They formed a JV called Ads and Data, local digital agencies, and um, with some. It's slightly more ambitious than Blockgraph, so they're they're offering like a they're offering a full end-to-end digital advertising platform for brands to enable them to place place ads. And the the differentiator there is that they've got lots of rich data on Belgian consumers, um, especially Flemish-speaking Belgian consumers, and these consumers that they. They're, they're sort of relatively underserved by by the big global platforms. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Thank you. Um, so j- just thinking about it, I started off by saying that we'd seen AT&T, Verizon, Singtel sell off advertising divisions 
Um, so it hasn't worked all that well in the, in the past. Why do we think it's different this time? What are the arguments for, for why they're going to succeed or at least they've got a better chance for succeeding? Sure. I mean, yeah, that's a fair point. Um, why is it different? Well, I've mentioned the um, the changes to um, the market structure because of what Apple has done and what Google is going to do with cookies. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing is that the kinds of businesses that the telcos that have sold their that have sold them advertising assets recently had were typically quite legacy advertising businesses. They they weren't really in a position to compete effectively with the with the global players. They were also competing head on with global players in their home markets. So to give you an example, mm. um, to AT and T, um, it had an advertising business Xander, which had a revenue of around billion dollars, two billion dollars a year, and um, its main business was was a demand side platform which competed directly with Google's core advertising right. proposition. Yeah. Um, so what's going on now is that in higher income markets, um, operators are sort of looking to compete in more niches that are less um, less directly competing with with the the main players, the main global players. Um, obviously, this is not quite happening in lower income markets, but that's because the platform players are less that yeah they're less, less present there's, there's yeah. more of a space for them to compete okay good great thank you for that inigo um so there's plenty more on this um on this topic on our website so inigo has written a few articles and we'll put links to those in the show notes if you'd like to automatically receive future episodes please subscribe to the analysis mason podcast we also welcome any comments feedback or reviews thank you for listening <laughs>